and welcome to the Wed Cincy podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Rice. I'm a wedding photographer and owner of Adair Weddings, and I also love to help you plan your wedding through the blog at adairwedding.com and through this podcast that specializes on Cincinnati wedding vendors. We do wonderful interviews with the best vendors from around the city. And speaking of, we have the amazing Julie Fleisch, who, uh, and did I pronounce your last name right? right? Okay, okay. (laughs) I've been reading it for a long time, so. (laughs) Um, And we are huddled in her office today on this really cold day. It's like negative nine outside. I know, it's freezing. It's crazy. Um, So it's nice and warm in here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But you have been with the company Elegant Fair Mm -hmm. for... How long did you say? I've been here since 1990, so oh 28 gosh. years. Yeah. Wow. Well, truthfully, 24. I did leave for four years when my okay. son was very young. But okay. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. Yes. And go ahead. No, you're good. So, um, so I got to go to a wedding at the Cincinnati Nature Center, which is one of my favorite places. It's a beautiful venue. Right? It is. And I feel like not many people know that not only is it a gorgeous place to go for a hike, but there's a historic building there. Correct. And they do events, and you're the one who kind of puts them together, right? Yes. So I manage the Krippendorf Lodge for the Cincinnati Nature Center, and it is a hidden gem in Cincinnati. I can't tell you how many people come to weddings there and say they had no idea that the park was even there. So, you know, the Nature Center is its own nonprofit organization. They're not part of any park system. And the house that's on the property is called the Krippendorf Lodge, and it was originally the summer home of Carl and Mary Krippendorf. They um, built it around 1900, It was built between 1898 and 1900. They spent their honeymoon there for the first year in 1900. Um, They were from Cincinnati, and it was their summer home because they had to take the train out there from the city to to get there. And then they would go out there and spend the summer there. They did move there year-round in the 30s. Carl Krippendorf was known for... um, crossbreeding daffodils until he found daffodils that would survive in the woods there. So that's part of the reason why it was named a National Historic Register because he was quite, he was known as a horticulturist throughout the world, really. There was a a book written about him at one point about his, you know, cultivating of the daffodils. And they moved there in the mid-30s and made it their year-round home. And then they died in 1964 within a few months of each other. And their daughter, sold the land to Stanley Rowe, who started the Cincinnati Nature Center. So the Nature Center, I mean, the Krippendorf started with 175 acres only. Right. And and the Nature Center has expanded it to over 1,000. Wow. And that house sits right in the middle of it. Oh, my goodness. The drive back there is gorgeous. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And then, too, going there for an event, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, you guys run it, like, Oh, man. <laughs> clockwork. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, clockwork. Yes. <laughs> That's the word. We try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was so impressed. Well, I appreciate it. I know I emailed you after. Uh, you did. You, that, you did. But, like, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Well, um, I mean, you know, we want to make sure that people can sit back and enjoy their weddings and they don't have to yeah. worry about, you know, hey, when are we going to be doing toast? And, you know, where are my guests? Or, you know, we, we're moving them around. We're getting them where they have to be. And 
you know, letting them enjoy their wedding, so. Right, that's Mm -hmm. the thing, is the couple, like, they were just so much enjoying. Yes. And and even as a photographer, I felt taken care of by you guys. I remember you came up and you were like, oh, do you guys have, here's your, your, (laughs) here's your flatware, here's your your food, yeah. Right here. (laughs) Good. Glad we made you feel welcome. Yeah, very much so. And that's why I wanted to have you on here, because I feel like you just, amazing and mm-hmm. I really want um people to know about this like oh, you nice. said yeah. hidden gem um so do you guys uh work at other venues we do actually too? okay um so Krippendorf Lodge here in Cincinnati is the only venue that we manage exclusively from beginning to end but we do manage from beginning to end up in Yellow Springs the Glen Helen property so oh, if really? you know of any of they have Birch Manor and um, Camp Green, which is new. It used to be a Girl Scout camp. And then they, you have the Renee building. And they're actually another nature center. Oh, So okay. Glen Helen is a nature got center. A thing going. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, there, was, there was some connection there between the Cincinnati Nature Center and Glen Helen. Okay. Um, but they, um, they are owned by Antioch College. But they're three, all, you know, the Camp Green was built in about the 20s. And it's like an old lodge for Girl Scouts. So it's, it's a unique venue. And then the other, Birch Manor's an old house. It was the guy who, um, I guess, started in Antioch College. And don't quote me on this. I might be wrong. But, I mean, it was his original oh, cool. property. So. Okay. Yeah. That was another thing I love about um, the Nature Center venue, the Krippendorf Lodge, is that it's it's not just indoor. It's also outdoor. Yes. It's an indoor-outdoor venue, right, really. Right, exactly. Well, that tent that, they, that we have there is just phenomenal. It's I mean, great. Yes. And, too, from a pr- photographer's perspective... Oh my goodness, we just loved it because oh, it the, it's like a giant softbox over. Yeah, well, softbox, but I've seen so many pictures too where like you can't even tell they're in a tent. No, you know, it know, doesn't you, look like a tent. Right, it's, mm-hmm. it's more, it's like a structure. It is, it is like a greenhouse. Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's really pretty. It is area Absolutely. that whole patio area and and so you do the ceremony are all ceremonies done right there yes they, okay. they try to keep all the same they don't really want to let people go out onto the property and close yeah. down trails to do ceremonies or lug chairs out there or yeah so yeah we do we do the ceremonies on the patio and we always flip the space but we've got as you as i said you know like clockwork or down to a science oh we, yeah we have it down yeah so it's no, you know, it's all, we're doing all that work. Nobody, none of the guests or the wedding party have to, you know, they can go enjoy the wedding and what they need to do. And then they come yeah. back and it's all magically reset. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So the bride and groom can expect to be able to come and get ready there? At, um, or? Not from the very beginning. Um, typically brides come with their hair and makeup done. Okay. And then they cool. get dressed there. Yeah. yeah. So that like kind of getting ready yeah. time where yes. they're, you know, putting on their shoes and their dress Correct. and stuff. Okay. Correct. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, um. So they can get ready there, mm-hmm. and then... The... Well, typically only the brides do, because oh, we really? only have one room. Oh, okay. So, so there's like a bridal suite Correct. So area. the guys usually have to come dressed and ready to go. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And they're usually pretty easy anyway. Like, so. I always tell the guys, <laughs> a suit doesn't wrinkle like a dress does right. in a car. <laughs> no. <laughs> they always argue with me, but... Yeah. <laughs> cool. So then the ceremony is done right there on the patio. You guys flip the area during cocktail hour yes. while everyone's enjoying cocktail hour. And then you come back to that area. It's all set up for the reception. The entrances 
happen. Correct. And then the it's a dance floor. Yeah, there's a dance floor down on the patio, and we don't usually lay a dance floor just because you're not starting with an even surface anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think and it, it works great. Yeah, it works and there's great. There's a fountain. There's a fountain and the in lights. the middle. Yes. And the, and the, the bistro lights. Yes. Yeah, so it's beautiful. It. it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about like. When a couple inquires with you, what does that process look like from inquiry to booking? So, you know, a lot of people call up and say, hey, will you give me a tour of the lodge? And my first answer is, I'd like to send you the pricing first. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, because sometimes we can be outside of people's pricing range. So we send them the price, you know, the packages, because we have all inclusive menu packages that, so they include... The menu, they include a bar, they include China, they include linen, they include waitstaff. So really, you know, I'm trying to present to somebody what their pricing is so they know walking in what, they're, what they need to budget. And then once they look at that and if it meets with their budget, I'll show them the lodge. I give them a walkthrough, which is much easier to do during the wedding season when the tent's up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now in the winter, I just show them a slideshow and, um, you know, they read a lot of our reviews, which speak for themselves. And, you know, and then, then they book the lodge from there. And then we, you know, sometimes I can book the lodge 18 months in advance because we will only open up the next year's calendar in January of the year before. But, you know, so I would say most of my weddings are booked about a year in advance. Okay. Probably nine months to a year in advance. But some, especially like those October dates, are mm-hmm. usually the first ones to go when we open up the calendar. Yeah. So when I opened up the calendar for 2020 in January... Really, you know, like October dates were like, yeah. yeah. And I can't I believe it. 2020 seems so far away. Oh my goodness! Me. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's almost two years away. I know. <laughs> wow. Um, so, as far as those packages, do mm-hmm. you are you comfortable sharing kind of the starting range of that? Oh, absolutely. Or? So there's two prices when you go to the lodge. There's the lodge rental, and the lodge rental is really based on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday rental and how many guests you're going to have. But an average Saturday rental is about $4,400, so that includes the lodge, the tent that's in place for the wedding season. It goes up in late April, comes down in late October. Um, the lighting in there, the tables and chairs, it's all included. And then the catering packages, I would say, most of them start off in about the mid-60s and go on up from there. Um, I, we say packages. The menus aren't written in stone. There's a lot of flexibility there to build a menu within the package that suits your individual tastes and yeah. needs. You know, I mean, so you don't have, you know, it's not like we just have this one menu. You yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. And so couldn't couples, like, do a tasting yes. and stuff? So we That's do group great. tastings in the in the. Um, in the winter, like I have one tomorrow, and we're going to have about 32 people there. It's about anywhere from six to eight different weddings that are booked throughout the season. And they come in, and we have a large amount of items for them to taste. Love but it. if they can't make those tastings, we, we do private tastings here where we're doing this. Oh, podcast. cool. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and you said they start uh, mid-60s? Is, mm-hmm. that, is that per head? Is that's that per like person, and that's as if everybody's an adult. Okay. Okay. But like okay. I said, that includes that the bar, includes yeah, know, China linen waitstaff. It's everything. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, includes appetizers for between the ceremony and reception. Okay. Oh. Awesome. Um, so Julie, where can couples uh, get to see more of your work and get more information? See some pictures. Our um, website is elegantfair.com, and that's F A R E, like. Fairs and food instead of you know like 
let's go to the fair. <laughs> um, so that is the best way to, we have lots of pictures, we have menus up there, um, and then you can also follow links to get us to send you pricing, because there's not any pricing on the website. But, All right. But it also shows other venues that we are that we can go to, because um, there's many throughout the city that were on their list of preferred caterers, because I was saying we manage the lodge from beginning to end, whereas other venues that were on their list, like Dries Pavilion or Cooper Creek or New Rift Distillery, or Newport Aquarium were on their list, but we don't book their space. You have to contact them to book their space, and then you choose your caterer. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Awesome. So elegantfair.com. Correct. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for letting me come here today. I appreciate it. (laughs) Sorry I wasn't an Apple girl. I couldn't (laughs) do it remotely. It worked out great. We worked out the tech. We did it. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Wed Cincy podcast. Um, go ahead and go over to adarewedding.com. The show notes will be there. You can also get Julie's information and uh, hear more about Adair Wedding. And also, you can connect with me. I love to get to know you on Instagram. You can uh, get to know more about me and my family, our our little girl. She's one and a half, and then we have another little one on the way. So I'm always posting about the fun that we have, and I would love to get to know you guys. So hop on over there, connect with me, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Wed Cincy Podcast. <laughs>